The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. No, he did it. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. What's up, Aaron? My guy, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. How about you? Same here. We were talking uh, before uh, the show. It feels like football season finally. Yeah, man, this is like the first show we're doing where it actually, you can feel it like it's right here. It's right around the corner. All the guys are at camp now. You know, you're out there grinding with your microphone and your camera and your hand at the same time. <laughs> you know, I mean, that thing looks so heavy. I don't know how you do it, man. But, you know, you're a generational talent, so you get the job done. Here we go, man. Well, here's the thing. Somebody from the pod actually has to back up the claims that they put on wax. Like you can just talk, you can tweet, you can put out your Mount Rushmore and power rankings, and then never have to see you never have to see the consequences of your actions. I have to take the brunt of all that, and I'm happy to do that for the pod. Hey man, you're in the field, man. You know, I, you know that's why we have a good balance, right? You know. Well, I mean, I'm. I'm just a kid from KC. Oh, wow. We got to clip that part. We got to clip that. And I want to send that to all your Georgia friends. Make sure we get that started. Let's clip that part off right there. Aaron Ladd just says he's a kid from Kansas City. <laughs> wow. I'm sending it to all your Georgia people on your timeline. I'm going to find all your mutual Georgia friends. I'm going to send that clip to them. And I'm going to send it to your dad as well. Shout out to Pops, man. I saw you guys hanging out, man. How was that? It was solid, man. Good for the soul. And and he had been up here before. He actually helped me move in two years ago, but it was still like peak of the pandemic. So this time we got to do all the stuff we couldn't do last time. Caught a Royals game. I wanted to do training camp too, but it, it wasn't open yet. So we'll have to do that next time. But it was cool, man. Good good for the soul. And uh we hit we hitting the grind now. Now it's time to now it's time to have some fun. It's it's uh training camp time and the seat, like you said, the season's right around the corner. Yes, sir. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Well, let me start with let me start with this. I uh, I put this tweet out, and I'm I'm gonna throw it in. <clears throat> if you're if you're joining us now on on Twitter Spaces, uh, I, I'll throw it in here. But if you're just listening on audio, 
I had like a little caption contest. It, it was all based off uh, that that Patrick Mahomes behind the back video uh, from one of the early practices at training camp in St. Joe. And I said I would give the winners this, this, some uh, some love on the pod here. I think you might. I think you might know where I'm going with this one. Did you see? Did you see it? Actually, no, I didn't. Yeah, you, you too, Hollywood. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> things, things don't reach your things don't reach your time. It's basically Patrick Mahomes with his arms out. Uh, my understanding of, uh, of why he actually had his arms. Oh out. no, 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 no! I'm lying. I did see that because I only saw it because uh, Pete Sweeney tagged me in one of the uh, responses. And that was that was the winning response. It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically Mahomes with his arms out. Uh, we got some good responses. A lot of stuff from uh, people saying, "Oh, uh, you know, Tyreek, where's Tyreek?" That was a popular one. Um, uh, somebody said, "What pod?" I said, "Winner gets a shout out of the pod." I thought that was pretty. That was, that was pretty funny. I said, they said, "What pod?" Um, I just put in the jumbotron for people in the space right now. But uh, the winner had to be Pete Sweeney, and, and Pete, editor-in-chief, Arrowhead Pride, said uh, when Mark Gunnels only does 10 spaces a day <laughs> versus your usual 30 or 40, what's your what's your clip at at this point? Do you just you just jump from space to space? I mean, when you hit, like, your 25th space of the day, you feel like you feel like you've accomplished? Like you did First your- of all, this, this number is just ridiculous. I've, I'm never in that many spaces per day on average. Come on, you know that's that's cap. Yeah. I am I I am not in ten different spaces a day. That is that is ridiculous. That is that is what you call over exaggeration right there. I'm I'm in I'm in no more than three to four spaces a day. Three to four, Mark. Come on now. I'm serious. <laughs> like today, I've only been in two so far today. Neil Armstrong can't breathe without being in space. And I'm, and I'm not counting this one because this is like I'm, I get paid to do this one, so this doesn't count. Look at you, flex, look at you flexing on all on all the people in the audience. I mean, you get paid too. <laughs> Your check is a little different than mine, though. You know, I, I, I'm just I'm just a co-host. Humble. Oh my! Oh my God! Stop it. <laughs> Let's talk Carlos Dunlap because that just came down uh, from Adam Schefter. I'll throw this up on the big screen as well. And it's something that uh, Chiefs fans have been wanting: D line help. If if we're asking for a weakness, uh, that's probably the one go- going into camp. Uh, eight and a half sacks last year with Seattle. Uh, Adam Schefter says he's visiting the Chiefs tonight. That is Wednesday night, July 27th. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm not letting him leave without signing on the, on the dotted line, Mark. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're looking at this D-line, and we talked about it pretty much all offseason, where that's the clear uh, weakness, especially when it comes to pass rush, right? And we kind of got uh, – sidetracked or you know kind of got uh distracted i could say when the melvin ingram situation happened i don't think nobody really thought that he was gonna leave like that but you know he went to miami no state tax or whatever so good for him so that kind of left the hole as far as that veteran edge rusher right because now at this point as currently constructed you're relying on a rookie and george karloftis to really pop in year one and you're banking on Frank Clark to have a resurgence, right? So that's kind of a scary uh, predicament to be in. So I've always believed that Brett Veach was going to add another veteran there. You know, there were talks about maybe trading for Robert Quinn, but that's unlikely now, especially since you didn't get the Orlando Brown deal done. So I think this would be a great addition. I mean, last year he had eight and a half sacks, and he's been a steady, you know, 
eight to ten sack guy over the past few years. Um, I just saw this tweet. I'm going to put in the jumbotron as far as his uh, pressure rate. On thirty, He had 35 total pressures on to what? 309 pass rushing snap ratio. So that's like 11.1. And that was better than any D-line starter than the Chiefs had last year or any role player. So, you know, it was more than Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram as far as his pressure rate. So, I mean, that's the instant upgrade right there. And he shouldn't cost that much. I mean, I would guess maybe one year, four to five million dollar deal. So, yeah, like you said, I would lock him in one arrowhead drive in before he signs on a dotted line. Yeah, and I know Robert Quinn was the you know, the apple of Chiefs Kingdom's eye, I guess, for a while. And this just seems like the cheaper deal. It seems like the smarter route for, for Kansas City. And it fits what they've done in the past when you think of a Terrell Suggs type deal, when you think of a Melvin Ingram type deal, a veteran pass rusher, come in, one-year deal, uh, help bridge the gap between, you know, the Frank Clarks and the Chris Joneses and, and some of those guys that, you're expecting to make a leap for you this year, like a uh, Malik Herring or a Mike Dana, uh, Joshua Kando. This unit n- is not complete, and we knew, and we knew that not only coming into camp, but um, headed up into the trade deadline. I still don't think, even if Carlos Dunlap signs tonight, I still don't think that they're done. I still think they could add another piece, um, and, and it's a unit that struggled at times last year. But this is—it's got to be an encouraging sign. Uh, Cdot made a joke saying uh, they had one practice. And they had seen enough. You need to call need to call help immediately. But they were poking around. And, and there were some other tryout guys. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention them signing uh, Azur Kamara out of uh, KU yesterday. That's also D-line help. They're, they're, they're trying out guys. And it's going to be going to be a revolving door as far as trying to get pressure on the opposing quarterback. Yeah. And I mean, in today's NFL, we all know it's a pass-happy league. And you know, as far as helping your secondary, I mean, that's the best way to do it, right? Especially with today's rules. I mean, DBs, that's, to me, that's the hardest position to play, especially corner in football right now, because you really can't touch those guys. So, you know, it's hard to guard receivers in today's league for four, five, six seconds, right? I mean, like, eventually they're going to get open. So the best way to help a secondary, especially a young secondary, I mean, you're going to be relying on a Trent McDuffie in year one and even a Joshua Williams, who is, uh, according to all reports, has, is impressed so far at camp, right? So if you can get a pass rush, it, def- it definitely helps the back end a lot. And I think this move would make me feel a lot more comfortable uh, as far as the pass rush. I still wouldn't, I wouldn't be all the way there yet, but it would help me get there a lot quicker than I am right now. What else do you need to get there? You said, you know, this would help me feel more comfortable sleep at night because I know you uh, you have trouble sleeping at night thinking about the Kansas City Chiefs and what happened in uh, the AFC Championship game last year. What what would ease some of those tensions for you for you, Mark? I know Carlos Dunlap is the first step, but maybe if it, it doesn't have to be specifically a name, but uh, maybe you you would like to see something else they do before a uh, week one. You just love throwing in that AFC Championship game any chance you get, man. Bet the it, house. It's it's really ridiculous that we we're we're at training camp now, the new season, and you just can't let that go. But anyway, to answer your um, very uh, slick question here, as you were smiling and laughing as you asked me, uh, as far as names, it wouldn't be no other name at this point because I'm not sure who else you could get. Like if you get Dunlap, I'm I'm content for right now. But to make me get all the way there, it's really gonna have to be a on the field thing. Like, and that comes back to the rookie George Karloftis. If George Karloftis gives me, 
I'll set the number at what seven or eight sacks. I'm happy. I'm happy. I think that's the win in year one for him as a rookie. Uh, he's not to learn the, the speed of the game. You know, I saw Frank Clark was a clip where he was teaching some of his moves to uh, Karloftis, which I know I know we like to joke about Frank Clark, but you know he he still is a veteran in this league and he's had some success in his career. So it's good to see him uh, taking that leadership role, teaching him some tricks. But yeah, it re- ultimately comes down to George Karloftis and how much you get from him in year one. That's a lot of expectations to put on a rookie. I mean, you think seven to eight sacks is unrealistic? No, I don't. I don't think that's unrealistic. I think that's probably the sweet spot. I mean, if you're getting four and a half from from fifty five, then eight from your from fifty six would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. I like if you know, you know, I like I'm the betting man on this show. Like, if I were to set the number for George Karloftis sacks, I think you would set it at six and a half. You said six and a half? Six and a half, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take the under on that. You take the under on that? I'll take the under on that. Since you're the betting man and we're putting things on wax now on uh <laughs> I think he gets I think he gets at least seven. I think he gets seven. Hey, sir, to clip this, and then at the end of the year, it's gonna be one of the many, one of the many bets that Mark Gunnels is gonna have to pay off on the Coast to Coast podcast on Arrow Pride I got another number for you. We were talking a lot about Clyde Edwards Lair. Quick stop for him on the pup list. I know the sky was falling on Twitter timelines for five minutes. Uh, he practiced on Wednesday. First. Yeah, you see my emergency space? You were in there for a little bit. <sighs> see, you, see, this is what I'm saying. You, you don't do spaces. You only do one or two spaces, but then you emerge. <laughs> and you were a voice of reason. I expected you to be, I expected you to be carrying the pitchfork ready to burn down the CEH jerseys all around town. But you actually uh, you actually seem like a, a, a calming voice in the room. Yeah, man, of course. That, I, I'm always I'm always that guy. I mean, what, are, what do you expect? I don't even know. Did we get like an official injury designation for, for why Clyde was on the pub list for six hours? I didn't see anything. I was going to ask you that. I didn't see anything. The <laughs> only thing I saw was he's not on the pub list anymore. I'm like, okay. <laughs> It seemed more. It seemed more like a formality. They're kind of messing around with the roster spots and doing stuff. Uh, he's back, and I actually took the average of his first two years yards per scrimmage. It's eight hundred and seventy-three yards per scrimmage over his first two years. That's the average per year, I should say. Um, so, how, are we talking over under? Would you go over under eight hundred yards per scrimmage for Ceh this year? So the question you have to ask yourself when you're um, coming up with an answer to this question is how many games do you think he's going to play? I mean, if you were to tell me he's going to play all 17 games, then that's an easy over, right? Or even, I would say, 14 or 15 games. But if he plays, what, 10 or 11, then I'll go with the under. So it really depends on just luck, honestly. Like, where do you think he's going to be health-wise? So I'm going to be optimistic and say he plays more than he doesn't. And I'll say he plays about 14, 15 games-ish. And I'll go with the over. I think, and we've talked so much about this, the, the retooled wideout room on this show. I mean, the running back room, to me, is one of the most interesting position battles and, and groups to watch as we follow the team at training camp in St. Joe. CEH, Ronald Jones, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, to me, in my opinion, uh, are locks to make the roster. Ely is someone who else I think um, 
could make a supreme splash on the roster. And Jer- I forgot to mention Jarek McKinnon as well. He's definitely a lock on the roster. Do they carry four running backs? Do they carry three running backs? Do they carry five running backs? Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot going on in that running back room. Uh, I think Clyde and his health, obviously, is something we're going to be monitoring all year. But any time where he is uh, limited, I think Pacheco takes advantage of those, of those extra reps. Yeah, I'm leaning towards four right now. I think the three locks, C.E.H., Rojo, McKinnon, and I think Pacheco would be like that fourth slash special teams guy. You know, with his speed, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he does any type of punt returns, kick returns at times. I know it's kind of an open spot right now. So, yeah, I'll go four as of today. I think Derek Gore would be on the practice squad. The Chiefs really like 10, and uh, even in that behind-the-back Mahomes video, you can hear Eric Bieniemy working with him on his footwork and, and working with him, um, trying to get him up to speed. Somebody let it slip. Uh, that, and someone, not somebody didn't let it slip, but somebody reminded me that Brett Veach let it slip, that they consider him a 1,000-yard rusher after the draft. I think that's something, I mean, that's crazy for a GM to say, about a rookie before before he even shows up to camp. Uh, I also think when a guy gets number 10, Mark, he doesn't end up on the practice squad. That number 10 is going to end up being in Arrowhead Stadium this year. <laughs> I thought we were done talking about number 10, the old number 10. But now we are. Uh, yeah, you're right, man. I, I, think, uh, I think there's definitely a lot of hype around him right now. I think they love his explosiveness. Uh, he's one of those guys that can take it to the house at any given time. Uh, I saw a few clips today of him working in the passing game. I think that's going to be an overall emphasis for this offense, too. Something that Chiefs fans have been clamoring for over the past couple of years, especially when it comes to CEH, because we haven't seen it. But we saw it in colleges, utilizing the running backs more in the passing game. So I think that's going to be more of an emphasis as far as screens, uh, just going out to the flat, things like that. I mean, they have very versatile backs that can that are more than capable of catching the ball out the backfield. I mean, we saw McKinnon eat a lot last year in that role. Um, CH is obviously capable, Pacheco, and even Rojo. So I think that's going to be more of an emphasis in his offense, especially without Tyreek Hill, when you have to be a little bit more versatile, more balanced. So, yeah, I expect to see more of that this year. There it was. You said the B word. They got to be more balanced, man. Uh, That was the first immediate uh, gut check reaction to the Tyreek trade is that offensively, they're going to have to be more balanced and committed to running the ball. And even if it's not a traditional uh, eye formation, run up the gut, whatever, uh, Eric Bieniemy said last year, and I mean, we've known this for a while about the Chiefs, they consider the short pass game an extension of the run game. And Isaiah Pacheco fits exactly what I feel like they do in that short pass and run game. And this kind of leads into another topic that's been swirling around Chiefs Kingdom on our rundown here. Uh, an anonymous exec. Don't you love anonymous exec season? It's, it, it's training camp. <laughs> We're excited to be back to football. And then it, it, it's anonymous exec season. This anonymous exec says Patrick Mahomes has street ball tendencies. I'm, I'm paraphrasing there a little bit, but went on to say that, you know, he's a one read quarterback. And, and after that one read, he falls off tremendously. Um, while I do think there's some truth to that, I want to see what you had to, what your initial thoughts were on that uh, anonymous exec quote that's been making the rounds. 
Well, I mean, it's complete BS, to be honest with you. And, you know, say what you want about PFF. I just put in the Jumbotron. They just put this tweet up there with the facts to basically debuke this uh, quote. It says, Patrick Mahomes on throws past his first read since 2018. He's first in PFF grade, first in passing yards, first in passing touchdowns after his first read since 2018. So, yeah, I mean, I know people like the run with the quote when Patrick Mahomes is talking about he just started learning how to read defenses and stuff like that. I think they took that and kind of ran with it. And sure, it came out of his mouth. I understand that. But if you really watch the game, especially last year, he did struggle to start the season when teams were doing a too high shell, forcing him to be patient. But as the season went on, I mean, he started dicing teams up. And honestly, if you look at every passing metric, especially from the pocket, surprisingly to maybe some people, he's actually one of the best quarterbacks in the pocket. Right. And people always say, you got to keep Mahomes in the pocket. Don't let him out. That's where he's at his best. I mean, I guess you can say that, but he's elite in both categories, whether he's in the pocket or outside the pocket. So that quote was very, um, very uh, disingenuous and completely wrong. We got a couple hands up here in the Twitter spaces. We're uh, Chiefs Coast to Coast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network talking an anonymous exec questioning Patrick Mahomes fundamentals and even saying he plays street ball at times. I'm gonna push back. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the devil's advocate role a little bit here. I don't think it's complete BS. And yes, once again I'm gonna reference that game that Mark Gunnels bet his house on and ended up homeless. Uh we saw a lot of those tendencies. And and, and Patrick touched on it a little bit in his opening press conference on arrival day at St. Joe saying that he had been focusing on his base uh, and his feet and his footwork specifically this offseason, um, trying to get better with his trainer down there in Tyler, Texas, uh, and, and, and throw off his, his feet, uh, not throw off his back feet. And he, he mentioned that turf toe injury kind of limiting his ability to, to, to have a full offseason last offseason or was it? off seasons ago and now he feels more comfortable and throwing off his base but we saw all the we saw all those bad tendencies come to head at the worst possible times I think that sometimes in the NFL and sometimes in sports media uh what is what have you done for me lately right like our last image of Patrick Mahomes playing uh was a lot of that street ball stuff I mean we're talking about first and ten or first and goal from the five and Kelsey's right over the middle uh, and Mahomes is scrambling all over the place. We, we've seen some of that street ball stuff. Maybe with this more balanced attack, as we've talked about time and time again on this pod, uh, it takes some of that pressure off 15 shoulders and he can stay a little bit more on schedule. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not above criticism, and I understand that. But the quote just made it seem like all he does is play street ball, and that's just not factually correct. Um, yes, he does have moments where you're kind of like, okay, Patrick, just throw the ball away. I know you want to extend the plays and try to make something happen and be Superman all the time, but it's okay just to eat the play and move on to the next down, right? Instead of taking a 15 to 20 yard sack, something crazy like that, right? So I understand, I understand that from that perspective, but you know, the quote just came off very, very strong and, um, I didn't like it to be honest with you, Aaron, it rubbed me the wrong way. 
I'll read it one more time. And, and I just threw something in on the Jumbotron on what Lewis Riddick had to say in response. The quote is not from an anonymous, anonymous executive. It's an anonymous defensive play caller. So let me, let me clear that up on somebody who didn't want to put their name on this. Take his first read away. What does he do? He runs, he scrambles, and he plays street ball. The street ball thing has a racial connotation a little bit. And, and, and it only seems like we use that when we're talking about black quarterbacks, Mark. And Mina Kimes went in on this on uh, on Around the Horn today on ESPN. The numbers directly refute the street ball, so to so to speak. And uh, while he is sometimes someone who doesn't lean on the best fundamentals, uh, he is better in the pocket. He's a pure. He, he's not a pure pocket passer, but he, he he's much more clean and, and operates well in the pocket. Yeah, and I mean. That's why I hate these anonymous things because I wonder is this the same guy that said what he said about Lamar Jackson, which was really crazy. He was like, I don't care if that guy wins 12 MVPs, he's not in the first tier or whatever. That was wild. That was wild. Yeah, that's freaking crazy. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. Because, you know, like you said, you know, Brett Favre played similar style. I don't never heard the term street ball with his game. I heard backyard football, you know. Josh but, Allen. Josh Allen's the same way. Yeah, Josh Allen. Um, I mean, we can keep going on and on. So yeah, I, I, I don't I don't like that term to be honest with you. And I never respect these anonymous sources or you know whatever you want to call it i mean put your name on it man because it really makes me wonder who it is and now you playing a guessing game and we'll never know so it is what it is but whoever said this is completely completely wrong moving right along here on chiefs coast to coast saw a couple hands up we do take questions here on twitter spaces but hold your question to the end write it down don't forget it we love to have y'all a part of the show. Yeah, somebody just told me to. Yeah, I was going to say him too. Prime Aaron Rodgers played similar as well. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about a couple quick hits here? Uh, a lot of hype in the offseason for uh, UDFA Justin Ross. He has an offseason foot surgery that lands him on IR. Does that surprise you? And, and what what is next for Justin Ross as far as uh, his Chiefs tenure? Yeah. So first of all, shout out to Yuji for that, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. When I, when we got Justin Ross, I've always imagined that he was going to be a stash guy. Now, you know, I've had my little fun, and you know how Justin Ross had is. my little fun. You fed into all the hype. No, I. I mean, I was, you know, I was having fun on Twitter, man. You can't take everything too seriously. I can't. I can't. I. I, I, so, I do so, um, yeah, I was having a little fun, you know, but back in my mind, I always knew that he's probably going to be a stash guy for 2023 because the wide receiver room is so deep right now. I just didn't see a realistic uh, fit for him as far as actually making the roster. I mean, you got our, you already got four guys automatically that's locked in, right? Juju, NVS, McColl, and uh, Sky Moore. And then that fifth spot, you know, it's open, but it's probably going to be Josh Gordon. The fact that he's still been around this long, we know Andy Reid has a soft spot for guys that had a trouble past and they're trying to, you know, turn things around. The fact that he hasn't had any issues up to this point, to me, is a good sign. And I don't think Andy Reid would bring him along this far just to cut him. So I, I think he's for sure going to be the fifth guy. And then if you get a sixth guy, who knows? But, you know, it just never really made sense for me this year. 
considering his health history. And then now he had the foot situation. You know, there's no rush. And the guy is, is very talented. If not for the health issues and, and Clemson, he would have been a first-round pick. I mean, this guy maybe would have been the first wide receiver taken. I think people would forget how good he was in college. He was spectacular. So, I mean, just let him get healthy, stash him. And then, you know, after this year, one thing people don't really talk about, the Chiefs are only going to have two wide receivers under contract after this year. That's going to be Sky Moore and MVS. Juju's going to be a free agent. McCole Harmon's going to be a free agent. So who knows if those guys come back? Maybe you bring one back, but probably not both of them. Because if they play, they both ball out, which I think they will, they're probably going to price themselves out. So I don't think you're going to be able to bring Juju and McCole Harmon back next year. So there could be a place for him in 2023. Absolutely. I think you spot on with that one. It was always going to be a long road to this year's roster for Justin Ross, not only battling his own health, uh, but molding that with how competitive the Chiefs wide receiver room is this year. Uh, We know medically only four teams had cleared him Uh, coming out of the draft, the Chiefs being one of those. I shared the video a little bit where he was a little rusty coming out in the rookie camp and Andy Reid was happy with his progress, but still knew that he had a long way to go. Feet is tough, man. And uh, I was tweeting about Julio a, l- a little bit earlier, another guy who's had who, who's had feet issues. Your foot is your foot. When you have a, a broken bone in there or when you have screws in there, plates in there, fusions, all that stuff, uh, it, it, it's tough to get that back. It, it, it's a long road, and this is a, a lottery ticket signing, if you will, for Brett Beach. If it was sc- you scratch it off and it, <laughs> and it works, you're the happiest man in the room. It's a low investment for, for low-risk, high-reward. Uh, the Chiefs stash, Justin Ross, he has a year to learn offense. He has a year to get healthy. He has a year to be inside an NFL team and environment. And uh, like you said, when when there's a less competitive room or, or, or when he can factor in next year, he comes in healthy and with one year of experience. But I just wanted to touch on Justin Ross because I know he was a, a, a UDFA darling, if you will. And you had so much fun with, with that and making him – Hit the Chiefs wide receiver six this year. <laughs> you love to exaggerate things, man. It just kills me every single you time. You had him at, you had him as MVP. I, you, you the MVP conversation was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Ross, according to you. <laughs> <laughs> Move on to the next topic, man. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You want to do Orlando Brown? You want to talk Orlando Brown? I mean, not much has changed, but uh, I feel like it's it's something we're going to have to at least update every pod. He hasn't shown yet. Um, I wouldn't expect him to show definitely before the first preseason game. Uh, a lot of people have asked me, what's the point of him not showing at this point? Uh, I would like to see what you what, what your thoughts are, 
on why he's holding out, I guess, at this point. I mean, I asked that same question. I mean, but I get it. I mean, if you don't want to be in St. Joe right now in that humidity, you know, sweating and <laughs> I never grinding, grinding like Aaron Ladd, I understand. I understand. So, sure, you know, take a couple of weeks off. I just hope that he's still keeping himself in shape, which, you know, I think he's very responsible. Uh, the guy said, you know, Creed Humphrey said he expects him to come back ready to go. So who am I to doubt that? But overall, in the grand scheme of things, holding out doesn't really do anything. I mean, the fact that the deadline's already passed, so he's not going to get a new contract. He's going to have to play on the tag. And once again, I keep saying this over and over again, there is no way he's going to miss any games. That would be, I mean... (laughs) It would be very irresponsible if he missed any games because, like I said before, if he were to miss a game or two and the Chiefs offense is still humming, scoring 30-plus points a game, he's killed his own stock. Because now it, it shows that, huh, maybe you're not that valuable because even without you, they still have one of the best offenses in the league. So that would be a, a, a tremendous risk that he takes. So he's going to be there by week one. There, there's no doubt in my mind. I want to push back a little bit on the notion of and and Creed and Mahomes both basically were like, oh, he's a guy that's going to, you know, come in ready to roll, yada, yada, yada. It's no way to duplicate what's happening in St. Joe right now on your own. I don't care who your trainer is. I don't care what I, 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 I'm just not hearing that. I think that's bull. I'm, I'm calling cap on that because there's only one way to simulate an NFL training camp and that's being in an NFL training camp. It's it's literally that simple. Andy Reid basically said the same thing by saying, Hey, if you miss, you miss. And and right now Orlando Brown is missing out. If not on conditioning, uh, chemistry, if not on chemistry, then camaraderie. And and those things add up, especially when you play in a lot of football, like this team has, I know he and Mahomes are close. um, But, when we talk about there being real, no real benefit to you holding out at this point, and I, I get that you pissed, man. I get it. I mean, the contract negotiation didn't go the way you, the, the way that you wanted, um, and a lot of times those negotiations feel personal. It feels like they're assigning a value to you and your worth as a person, not specifically what you bring to the team. Uh, but at this point in time, you're missing out, and, and, and there's no way to duplicate that at the crib. <laughs> this boy Aaron has been in St. Joe and was like, no, nah, this is different. <laughs> you can't duplicate this. I mean, it's it, you can't. I mean, all the tennis workouts and and, and at-home workouts, all, all that is cool, but... So you're telling me Orlando Brown swimming in the pool is not the same as St. Joe? Mark, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Taylor of The Athletic reporting the Chiefs' first-string offensive line today, Roderick Johnson, Joe Tooney. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Andrew Wiley at the right tackle spot. I, I, I'm expecting to see a lot of different faces along that offensive line. It's not just about Orlando Brown. Um, they're going to move a couple pieces in there. Roger Johnson, a new addition, who who it seems like is going to have the first crack at it. But uh, Andy Reid says he has faith in Joe Tooney to be able to step in at, at, at tackle as well. I think uh, on Arrowhead Pride's post-practice report today, Pete Sweeney mentioned Alec Reddy as another possibility to step in along the line. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a couple names that they shuffle in al- along that line. And I, and I'll say Darian Kennard as well, man. 
he impressed in that he impressed in that in the early rookie camp period. I expect him to at least get his shot at it as well. Yeah, I think ideally at that right tackle. And Wiley, he was solid last year. You know, he held his own. He did get a lot of help. But, you know, he was serviceable, right? But I think ideally you want Kennard to win that spot. Because while Wiley has a higher floor, if Kennard can at least be solid, right, he has a much higher ceiling. So I think that's definitely the ultimate plan there. I'm not now. I'm not sure if it's, it's going to happen week one, uh, because just you know, Wiley's a veteran. He knows the system. He's been around, and like I said, he was solid last year. But there's no doubt that Kennard has the higher ceiling. So I'm interested to see how that position battle plays out, if you want to call it that. Because I still think there's a possibility that Kennard can take that spot by week one. But Wiley's definitely the leader in the clubhouse right now. And as far as left tackle goes, like I said, you know, ignore what's going on right now. Orlando Brown's going to be there, man. He's going to be there. I I just can't see a scenario where he's not there week one. At what point does he have to show up for you to plug him in? I mean, if the dude shows up on Thursday of week one and y'all have a game Sunday, you're plugging him right on in, Mark, and saying, hey, we trust your conditioning at the crib, and and you come in ready to roll. Like, that that to me just seems – it seems like cap. No, actually, actually, I think he shows up the last week or so of training camp. One more thing on Orlando Brown, because Andy Reid doesn't really say much. And I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that. He's a pro at coach speak and not really saying much. But in his initial comments on arrival day about Orlando Brown, he said this, quote, this is not the first time I've been through something like this. Uh, and that was... That was one of many comments that he had to say about Orlando Brown. He said, if he's here, good. If not, we move on. Um, But Andy having comments like that, is it something or nothing in your opinion? It's nothing. I mean, we know Andy. He keeps everything close to the vest. Doesn't say too much. Uh, Reading between the lines on his comments, good luck with that, right? So I, I wouldn't read too much into it. All right, a few more quick hits before we take your questions here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, I'm about to ask Travis Kelsey if I can hold a couple dollars. He got a raise today. The Chiefs convert $3 million uh, from the back half of his deal to this year, $3 million raise. Well-deserved. And w- when I had a conversation with him when they were up in Lake Tahoe, uh, we kind of touched on the money situation. And he didn't really say much and was like, yo, you know, I'm happy. It's all about winning. But uh, this is a guy who still, after this little race, seems underpaid to me, Mark. Yeah. And before I get into that, just so you guys know, uh, you guys can request up right now. If you got any questions, I'm going to take your questions here very, very soon. So don't be shy, guys. Come up here. I see a lot of familiar faces in the in the chat. So request up. We'll answer your questions here very, very shortly. But as far as Travis Kelsey goes, yeah, I mean, he's still underpaid. He's the best tight end in the world. I mean, you could argue he's maybe the greatest tight end of all time, and he's still writing his story. So, yeah, he is underpaid still, but I'm happy to see them convert his money so he gets it more on the front end now. And, you know, they got some assurance now for the back end, right? Now they created more cap space for the future. And, you know, $3 million, it's nothing crazy. So I'm happy to see the guy you know, get get rewarded, if you would, a raise, and he deserves it. So I'm happy to see it. We'll stick with the tight ends and touch on Jody Forson, somebody who uh, uh, 
showed a lot of flash in training camp last year, earned his spot on the 53-man roster, uh, had suffered that season-ending Achilles injury, but is back. And uh, Andy Reid saying he looked sharp in, sharp in the rookie camp portion of things. I think he I think he has found that chemistry with Patrick Mahomes to where week one, I expect him to be a pivotal part of what they do offensively. He he uh, he, He's critical. And, and athletically, he fits the mold of what they do and, and and look for 88 to make plays for KC this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, before he got hurt last year, he was just starting to come along, right? I mean, he was showing that explosiveness, uh, his hands near the uh, near the end zone in the red zone situations. He's a big body target. He's very athletic. He used to be a wide receiver. So, you know, he's a matchup nightmare, right? And this is to a larger point. You know, with not just Jody Fortson, but Noah Gray as well. I, I think we're going to start seeing, at least I hope, we're going to start seeing Travis Kelsey take a little less snaps, especially in the regular season. He's getting up there in age. Obviously, he's still the best tight end in the world. But, you know, he's not getting any younger. And when you have a Jody Fortson and a Noah Gray that are more than serviceable, I think you can kind of take a little bit of that workload off of Kelsey in the regular season and uh, keep him fresh when it comes down to those crunch games late in the season and heading to the playoffs. Now, like I said, obviously he's going to be the main guy. He's going to have the most snaps. I'm not saying, you know, make it a, a, a split like between the three of them, but I think there, there could be, and there should be a decrease slightly in his snaps when you got reliable guys that tied in two and tied in three. That ain't happening, but you I gonna, mean, I, I wish, right. I wish I want to, you don't I want, want to be that. Here. With the, with the game on the line, you want your best players on the on the field. I well, mean, it, obviously, like in the fourth quarter, then yeah. But you don't think throughout the course of a game, he should snap should go down just a little bit this year, just a little. Him. I'm not saying dramatically. I think what makes them unique from a tight end perspective is they can line all of them up at the same time, and then you have as a defense, you have to make a business decision. Um, like that's true because we we did see a lot of two and three tight end sets last year when, when Fortson was healthy. Hell, they were running four tight end sets at at, at one point in time. It, yeah, uh, Blake Bell out there. Yeah, yeah. It it makes them it makes them interesting. My my last name before we take questions is uh, Sky Moore. My guy Nick Jacobs over at KSHB forty one says he attacks the ball uh, in person, unlike anything you can see. The game film doesn't do it justice. Uh, let's go over under 650 yards for scrimmage for Sky Moore this year. Oh, definitely the under. That 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 number is way too high. I'm slamming the under. I forgot you were the Vegas dude. You set the line and then I'll go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll set the line. But, I mean, he's going to be, in my mind, and maybe it changes throughout the course of the season. But I think from day one, he's your fourth receiver, right? He's definitely behind Juju and McColl. You can debate him and MVS, but I think MVS is above him considering all the things we've heard about Mahomes and MVS having this special connection over the summer. So I think you set the number at like 450. Uh, I'll take the over on that. I think 500 is, is the sweet spot for Sky Moore. And that's yards for scrimmage. I think he's involved in a lot of the jet sweep types. I think they use him in the same way they try and use uh, McCole Hardman in the offense. It's fast, shifty. Um, and if you're asking me for a guy that duplicates most what Tyree Kill looked like, I think it's Sky Moore. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, six fifty. I'm, I'm, I'm killing you if you're my bookie. <laughs> if I'm your bookie, I can't sleep at night because you up all hours of the day trying to get some action in. 
Yeah, you're right. You're not lying. Go ahead and uh, fight our guy. Uh, We're ready for questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This is my guy, D-Mac, man. Real solid Kansas City guy right here. Hey, Mark. We up? need more Kansas City guys in the program because you definitely not one. Wow. What's up, D-Mac? How's it going, guys? Hey, man. Can't yeah. call it, bro. Good to hear. Uh, I do have a fun question for you guys if you guys are ready. Let's do it. Right, yeah. Um, so I was thinking, you know, all the different pieces we've added to the offense, and obviously we know how creative Reed and BNMA and those guys are with creating formations. So I wanted to know if you guys could come up with any, you know, funky kind of formation that you want to see. So mine personally is I want to see all three of the tight ends throw Juju out there and, and you know, whatever running back you can pick it on like a third and one sort of situation. And then you, you shift into basically a five wide formation get the defense in their base and, and get them to try and cover all three of those tight ends at the same time. I love when they do the creative stuff. I mean, the Ferrari package that they had and that they ran in the, in the red zone, especially it, it, that creativity, it created matchup nightmares all over the field. And you got Mahomes in movement. You got him in motion before the snap and you're doing so much eye candy and, and you get the defense on their heels we know how much they like to 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 use the fullback in those situations as well, but I'm patiently, patiently waiting. We talking about fun. We talking about fun formations. I'm waiting for Chris Jones to get the uh to get to get the handoff on the one yard line or, or, or to do the jump pass. He he had been lobbying that forever. Uh, I think it's t- I think it's time, man. Let, let, let's get 95 the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen in one of those games like against the Texans or Seattle when the game is kind of out of hand in the third or fourth quarter. I, I can see that happening, actually, this year. I, I would actually take the over if it's at, it's at 0.5 on Chris Jones' uh, touchdowns. I'll take the over. I think he gets one this year. All this bookie talk has me itching for uh, for Vegas next week, man. We, we're a week away. What a segue, right? See? You're the segue queen. King. I called you a queen. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm about to leave. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know why it just came off the tongue that way, bro. I'm sorry, man. You disrespectful, dog. You about to you about to go into the season with a backup co-host. Watch your mouth. Wow. All right, it's fine. I'll find me a chat, Henny. It's okay. Anything is possible, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we in Vegas for the NABJ convention, National Association of Black Journalists. Starts August third. We're gonna be in the city. I'm still trying to figure out how we're gonna do this, but we—it's it's long overdue, man. I know you love spaces, but we got—we gonna have to find a way to to get this kicked off in uh in Sin City. Yeah, man, you're supposed to be doing the groundwork, so I'm waiting on you to give me an update. See, that's how it goes. You, like you just sit back, chill, don't do nothing, tweet away, have a little fun, and then when when it's time to put the nitty gritty to work, you're like, oh, it, 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 we ready to roll? Yeah, man. I just show up when it's game time, man. I don't go to practice. I'm 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 Orlando Brown. Better <laughs> <laughs> gonna get me in trouble, dog. See, one of us has to face the one of us has to face the music and you can just talk out of your ass. You can just talk. Man, the player man, he's not listening to our podcast, man. You would be surprised how many people actually listen to this podcast. Oh, I man. I myself am surprised how many people We'll say, hey, where's Mark at? I'm like, we don't, I mean, you think we're supposed to just be walking around together at all times? <laughs> hey, shout out to P. Sweeney. He's in the building right now. 
Yeah, he's our he was our winner on the of the caption contest. Had the most creative caption there. Uh, Peace Wings gonna do the groundwork. This Vegas podcast is gonna. I'm excited for this, man. I, it's uh, it's long overdue. I was in Vegas for the draft, got my feet wet, but this time I'm coming back. I'm coming back for the prize. I'm actually seeing Silk Sonic on on that on that Wednesday. Oh, really? Oh, uh, well, you know, hey. I got a, I got a couple coins now. You know, I started working with Mark Gunnels. My 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 paycheck went up. Damn, you didn't invite me. That's crazy. I thought you had backstage passes already. Wow. See how he does me, guys? He didn't even invite me. That's crazy, man. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> hey, shout out to Orlando Brown, though, man. We love you, man. We love you. In the you nice. Look at you trying to be nice now. <laughs> well, he might be listening, so I got to, you know, it's all, it's all love, man. Well, we know he's not practicing, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It looks like we got no more questions, man. The questions have been kind of light lately. I don't know what's up with that. We got a nice crowd in here. Y'all being scared. I think that means we did our job, Mark. We broke down everything that they need to know. We're doing podcasts every week now, so so I know there was questions about our our recording schedule. This is our this is our time during the season. Wednesday, oh, oh, we got we got one more. We got one more. Let's do it. Oh, it's loading, guys. You know how spaces can be sometimes. Yeah. Oh, now we got. See, now I said that. Now we got another one. <laughs> talk to your folks at Spaces. We tired of being on beta mode, man. What's up, uh, Wyatt? I hope I got yeah, that right. Yes, sir, you got it right. What's going on, fellas? Hey, how you doing, hey, I'm man? Doing well, how are y'all? Pretty good, man. Hey, I got a, a – it's a question that's directed towards next year, but it has this year's influence involved. All right, going into next year, Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be going into the final year of his rookie contract. Is he going to be the starting running back for the Chiefs in 2023? Whoa, man, he came in hot, didn't he, Aaron? <laughs> Uh, I think this is. I think this is you. I think. I think this is. Yeah, your. you don't want to answer because you got to actually see these pe- people in person, huh? <laughs> I think this is your. <laughs> Man, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say no, though. I'm gonna say no. I. I think the writing's on the wall. I think the fact that they drafted, even though it was in the seventh round, Pacheco, and they seem to really love him, and you, you even mentioned how. It came out about the thousand yards, which is something you really don't hear about a rookie. I think uh, he's going to show flashes this year. Obviously, I don't think he's going to have a high volume of touches, but I think he's going to show enough flashes to where the Chiefs feel comfortable moving forward with him on a very, very cheap rookie contract. So, yeah, I don't think CH will be the starter next year and may not be on the roster next year. Yeah, I think I think starter was the key word there. I don't even know if he's quote unquote the starter this year. They like to have a lot of different flavors at running back, and he will factor into the mix. It, it it's going to be points and times this year where everybody looks like the starter, but it's going to be a it, it, it's a it's a by committee position. All right, we'll take one more. What's up, my boy Yuji? What's up, Mark, Aaron? How you guys doing today? Um, I just wanted to talk about uh, Josh Williams. I've been listening to his press conference. Uh, he's, a, he's a humble guy. Uh, said he was working at a, another job while he was uh, playing football in college. Um, and then you see with Fenton down and you have him filling the role in the, the dime package playing outside. Um, do you guys think that he can make a, a immediate impact on his team, especially when you look at like the rash score uh, between uh, the comparisons between Josh Williams, but also Legarius Need? Uh, so I just wanted to, you know, hear what you guys are, are thinking about Josh Williams. You could take that one, Aaron. 
Josh Rims was uh was running with the ones today. I'm trying to find that tweet and throw it up on the jumbotron. The Chiefs believe in him, and and yeah, you talked you talked about him and his football journey. He had an idle year. HBCUs didn't play during the COVID season, and yeah, he said he delivered pizzas for Domino's and worked security at Walmart while trying to make his NFL dreams come true. I mean, that aside from anything that he does on the football field, I feel like he won even making it where he's at right now. But he's already in a position you talked about with Fenton being down. He's in a position to come in and make an impact from day one. We talked about Josh Williams and what he brings to this team on the, on last week's podcast. Now, reiterate that again. Uh, I think physically he is exactly what they look for uh, in a cornerback. Aggressive, long, rangy, has the side and speed and the athleticism to keep up uh, on the inside and the outside. And I, I, I think he is going to play an immediate factor for KC because we know DB, as Mark will say, constantly on this pod it's the hardest position to play in football and uh it's one where everybody's gonna get a shot there's gonna be injuries and, and he's gonna get a shot and a chance to contribute from day one so yeah i like josh williams so far yes it's early yes it's july but uh i, I anticipate him to take some take some lumps early but but find his own all right i lied we'll take one more we got greg up here what's up man what's going on guys i come hey how you doing man? i come all the way from new york Last year was my first time in Arrowhead. I've been a Chiefs fan all my life. Um, my question is, as far as the kid from Purdue and the kid Leo Chanel, how do you think they're going to integrate them into the system? Because I think personally, those were two steals, and I can see them well deep into the season playing a vital part of this defense. That's a good question, man. I could touch on this, and Aaron, you can follow up if you want to. So as far as Karloftis, I kind of touched on her earlier. I think he's going to be the guy thrown into the fire instantly. I mean, we're already light on pass rush. They spent the first round pick on this kid. So he's going to get a lot of snaps from day one. And, you know, we're going to be asking a lot from him, right? Considering he's opposite of Frank Clark, you may bring in Dunlap as a rotational piece. So we'll see what happens there. But nonetheless, he's going to be a guy that's going to be demanded to contribute from day one. So, you know, I think he's going to take some lumps early on, but I do think he'll get better as the season goes on. And I did, I don't know if you was here earlier, I did take his over. I made a over-under on his sacks at six and a half. I, I like him getting seven or eight sacks this year, which I think would be a really good year one. And as far as uh, Leo Chanel, he's interesting, right? Because you brought in Jermaine Carter at linebacker. You obviously have Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, but I think by midseason, maybe even a little earlier, he could be that that third linebacker that really pops and gets most of the snaps. I mean, because he's a guy that can also rush the passer, right? He can kind of play anywhere in that intermediate area to the line at times. So, and like like he said before, I mean, this guy, he loves physicality. I mean, this guy is very violent, uh, maybe even too violent at times, right? So uh, I think he brings a lot of attitude to this defense. And that's kind of the theme this year, right? you know, attitude, more athletic, uh, physicality, um, quicker, faster, right? That's kind of younger. That's kind of been the theme of uh, the acquisitions this offseason defensively, and I think he fits that mold. And look at you. You, ear- you earned your keep today, sir. You know, this wasn't no 30-minute quickie pie. We, we we looking at an hour plus. You took questions. You had jokes. This was an A-plus pod for me today, Mark Gunnels. I'm proud of you, sir. Oh, well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. We're going to have to get you at the KC to training camp so you can carry my gear next time, though. <laughs> I mean, it looks crazy when you're carrying the camera and asking questions at the same time. <laughs> hey, man. 
You know, I'm a, I'm I love a, it, bro. I love it. Big player, you know. You gotta have the whole tools in the toolbox. Yeah, but you got anything to add on uh, Kalaftis and Chanel before we wrap it up? Nope. Appreciate y'all for joining us this week. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all next week. Take it easy.